Hello everyone and welcome again to Back of the Grid. My name's Chris and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hi. Lots to get through this week after testing, the only three days test of the season, uh, and also lots of inbox and news at the end of our new uh, Patreon. But we have to obviously start this week with the sad news uh, of Murray Walker's passing at the age of 97 over the weekend. Um, it's one of those things where there's been lots said and uh, by people who know him uh, and knew him very well over the years. But I think from our point of view as fans, it's just the main thing is that he is and always will be the voice of F1. Like He's the voice that everyone grew up listening to. Um, I think the thing that stood out to me most over the weekend, I saw someone on Reddit or Twitter uh, posted just a bunch of still images. There was like um, Prost and Senna coming together, um, Damon Hill crossed the line to win his championship and like Tarquini rolling his car. And they mm-hmm. said, look at these images and you can hear them. That's how good Murray Walker was. Yeah, and, yeah 100%. And the same is the true verse. Like you only need to hear his commentary and you know in your mind exactly what was happening because it's that ingrained in us it's just it's it's the word legend is used a lot but it's he's a proper legend yeah yeah um formula one's granddad yeah and it's obviously you know very very sad to lose him but it's it's i've actually been finding myself smiling quite a lot over this last couple of days just seeing everyone posting sort of you know, their favorite clips of him and their favorite quotes and memories and stuff. And it's it's been nice to kind of just celebrate everything he did give us over the years and just the fact that we were able to go on part of that journey, which, I mean, it was a long journey. He was, I think, the first uh, Grand Prix commentator on was in 1949, so. Andy was like, he was, his, his like, he retired from his, like, whole advertising career to yeah. just focus on Formula One. And when he did yeah. that, he was like in his late 50s, maybe early 60s. So he had a whole career. <laughs> like, Yeah, he used to balance the two for a while, yeah. didn't he? Like, it's mad. The man's had like three careers. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and as he always said, doing F1 was never work for him. It was just talking about the thing he loved. And I guess that's why he was so good, wasn't it? Yeah, so I mean, he often got he, he didn't always do a great job, which is why he was so good. Yeah, and it's I think like to an outsider, like the fact that everyone always talks about the mistakes he made maybe seems like criticism, but it it never nah, is. It's more, no, no, yeah. It's I think it's more just like the excitement meant that his mouth moved faster than his brain a lot of the time, which you can understand and relate to, like. I think we definitely can because we exactly, make a lot yeah. of mistakes on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Like someone they're not, once they're said, definitely not as good as Murrayisms, though. No, that's do. true. True, we'll never hold a candle to Murray Walker. <laughs> it's like someone once said that in his calmer, quieter moments, he sounds like his trousers are on fire, which is about the best description, I think. Have you seen? Did you ever see the um, Jeremy Clarkson was interviewing him once, and he got him to do commentary of Snooker? <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> that one's been doing the rounds, and yeah, that, 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 made me, not that really it. made me laugh. But you're yeah. right in what you say. I think like oftentimes, like when when there's a death, particularly in Formula One, it's often you know really, really, really sad, and and there's really deep mourning. Where this feels as sad as it is that he's gone, it, it feels much more celebratory of his life. Yeah, yeah, than than 
what other sort of re- more recent sort of ch- sad things have happened. Have. Which so, is exactly as it should be, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, but yeah, like uh, the whole world of F1 and motorsport in general, um, just I was in my debt of gratitude and all we can do is thank him for the time that um, we were able to spend with him, I guess. Yeah. You're going to leave us with lumps in our throat, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Um, Speaking (laughs) of, thanks to Sir Tom Lott on Twitter for the um, idea of changing our intro music this week. I think that was a really nice idea. Yeah, thanks, dude. Shall we talk about some testing? The the brief testing we've had this year, only three days for them to... Yeah. So uh, this is is the thing that I was going to say to you, but I didn't. I'm basically going to get all my news about testing during recording for this podcast <laughs> because I, I was working the whole, well, I was working for F1 for the whole testing thing. And as is usually the case when I work for F1, I don't actually watch any F1. So um, <laughs> I'm very excited to find out what you've both researched and what sort of information you're going to bring to the table. I'm going to be ad-libbing for most of my input. <laughs> well, let's get into it then from a, a windy, sandy Bahrain. It's weird, isn't it? Like it wasn't, it's was only a couple of years ago we had snow for testing in Barcelona and then we had a sandstorm instead. Um, so as always, like testing doesn't mean anything is like the old cliche. And I was trying to figure out the best way to order the way we go through the teams. Lap time is obviously, there's a lot of caveats come with lap time. One thing that is not up for debate and is just a fact is the number of laps each team did. So that's how I've chosen to order them. And it also nice. is the most dramatic way to order them, as you'll see when we get to the bottom team on that list. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Very um, excited. So we'll start with actually the equal most laps. Uh, Alpha Terry, 422 laps across the test. Uh, 337 of those were done by Pierre Gasly, which was the most any driver managed. Whoa. They set the second fastest lap of the test, which was Yuki Sonoda on the final day, a 129.0. Although it is worth noting that Sonoda was opening his DRS quite a way earlier than anyone else on the main street. But <laughs> <laughs> also fact, true um, is that his first sector in that lap wasn't a personal best. Yes, so there was actually more in that car. Mm. Um, I did see Sonoda posted something about um, enjoying testing on Instagram and Lando Norris responded to say, oh, how's your uh, DRS working, mate? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pretty solid test for them, though. Uh, Really reliable running the whole way through, including the new Honda engine most significantly. Uh, Pierre Gasly said they're already in much, much better shape than they were after testing last year, despite testing being twice as long last year. Um. Yeah, impressive. Like from, uh, it's hard to tell, but it seems like they are very much. I think they started last season probably towards the back of the midfield. Now it feels like they're probably more towards the front of the midfield. Um, although I say midfield, I really enjoyed um, Marsan Bukowski from uh, Alpine in an interview said, "It's not a midfield anymore. It's a field. <laughs> it's, just it's just a field. A field. <laughs> it's just a field. <laughs> hey, it's not a field." <laughs> but yeah, they look good, AlphaTauri. Um And Yuki Snowda, in particular, looked really good. Like for the yeah, I, d- I actually said over the weekend as we, I did find the odd moment to sort of look up at the screens and and you know see sort of what was going on and scope out a couple of the cars. And I I said to someone that the AlphaTauri looks like a decent car to drive. Mm. It looks very planted. Very yeah, it really does. Um, I mean, it's it's been good for 
a while, hasn't it, realistically? Like, I mean, over the last few years, it's definitely been a decent car, but I mean... Well, they've had, looked, they've traditionally, they've had like some they've good made even more strides. Yeah, well, yeah, true, there is that. Maybe it's a, one of those scenarios where the circuit does suit them, but I just think in recent years, they've they've looked solid, like, and they've found themselves in good positions. So if they've taken strides forward from that over the over the break, which, I mean, it's looking like they could have. That's It's a very good sign, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think to have like a driver lineup as well, that's it's a pr- that's a pretty good driver lineup, I'd say. Tsunoda and Gasly. Gasly's, you know, he's on his he's he's gone back into the team and he's had all of last season running there. And now it's like, I guess to him, he'll be full of confidence because he feels like it's his team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know, he'll be showing Tsunoda the ropes in Formula One, I guess. So and Tsunoda has really hit the ground running as well. I've, I was really impressed with him. Um, like it, he was simultaneously really good from the start and putting fast lap times, but also saying in interviews like he was amazed at how much grip he had and like how fast everyone cars are, which is really fun. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. I'm really excited. He's to see a cool he guy, Sonoda. Is it by all accounts? He's a very cool dude. Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, next up, Alfa Romeo, who also did 422 laps. They had the fourth fastest lap time of the test, which was Raikkonen at 129.7. Uh, team seemed happy. Raikkonen said the new Ferrari engine is definitely an improvement on last year. Uh, then again, probably couldn't get much worse based on last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Raikkonen also interestingly said that the car is already faster than last year's, despite all these rule changes to supposedly slow them down. Mm, yeah, but that's not hard when you're going from the slowest car on the grid. To this is true, yes. Yeah. A, new, a completely new aero package, probably. Um, yeah, definitely sees an improvement for them. I don't think it's like... Uh, up there with the better ones of the midfield level of improvement, but definitely seems better. Hmm. Hard to tell though. Yeah, well, yeah, testing. I mean, yeah, I always, I always like, I'm always dubious with these tests yeah. as to where things actually sit until you sort of see them out on track for like running at full beans and win. I mean, we're not going to see that until they're back in Bahrain for quali, are we? Even in practice, I've said this yeah. before, but but again, it's still positive strides. Like mm-hmm. as long as everyone's making gains and no one's going backwards, like what happened to the Ferrari engine cars recently, then that's that's all like that's that's all good for me. Like yeah, and I, I feel like that's what we've had. Like without going into yeah. specifics of each team, yeah, I don't think we've seen anyone and gone. Uh oh, they're not where we expect them to be. I don't think. I don't no, know. I don't think so. Well, yes and no. We'll get there though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you see Raikkonen and um, Sainz had a bit of a? Uh, yeah, that was all a bit unnecessary, wasn't it? Of, think, yeah, it was so bizarre. I think it was just a bit like, sort of maybe maybe one of them held the other one up a bit of frustration. They wanted to get a good lap in, and they were just a bit bugged out by it. Yeah, but it was right at the end of the session as well. It was mm. very weird. Yeah. yeah. Like when you when you're doing a session on a track that you know it's a it's a decent length track and there's half as many cars as there normally are on it. There's not really any excuse to be getting that close together in testing, is there? Yeah, it's, but, it's always silly. Next, Ferrari did 404 laps and had the third fastest time of the test, which was Carlos Sainz 129.6. Uh, they lost quite a bit of time on the first day after Leclerc had some kind of power unit failure, but they very much made up for it on the remaining days. 
they seem very confident the new engine is a step forward and they said they don't believe that they are going to be at the straight line disadvantage they were last year anymore, which is, I mean, that's mm. that's the base level of what they needed to achieve, wasn't it, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> but they definitely seem to have improved them last year. I don't think they are... I think, to me, it seems like at best they've gone from somewhere in the middle to front of the midfield. They don't seem to have Red Bull Mercedes pace yet. No, no. I would. No. I mean, I don't think that we're suddenly going to see them confidently in the mix for a podium come start of the season, but. It's positive that I think that by the end of the season that they might be at that kind of place. But yeah, it, it, all, it depends on what they can do with it in terms of restrictions. Because have they got? Will they have any tokens left? Um, That's the question, isn't it? They won't have any tokens left, but they obviously they can still make some arrow changes. Um, yeah, true. So, yeah. Uh, science seems to have bedded in the team quite quickly as well um, and the pace difference between Science and Leclerc didn't seem to be massive either which is good to see from his point of view yeah it settled in quite quickly didn't he and he, he got, got up to speed quite quickly mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to seeing him running running a Ferrari in angst yeah me too in angst <laughs> he's it's, yeah, it's going to be in angst like yeah. a teenager sort of has been told off <laughs> There probably will be plenty of angst in that team, I think, if uh, if Carlos is as fast as we all think he is. Well, yeah, there's exactly. There's definitely going to be a bit of sort of elbows out racing between those two. I've no doubt about that. I think, you know, and then if that if that is the case, we'll kind of sort of, I think we'll blame Vettel a bit, little bit less <laughs> for his time there because yeah. they're yeah, quite also very elbows out in their time together. Yeah, I, I guess the, the science to Ferrari thing is a little bit like, the Perez to um, Red Bull thing where it will answer a few questions of yeah. what this what was the situation I mean maybe maybe less so with the Ferrari situation but I think there might be an element of that I guess it just makes it that mm. bit easier to compare cars and drivers doesn't it when you've got a bit more movement around the grid yeah it feels really weird as well because like recently in the lead up to the new season of drive to survive coming out this week i kind of rewatched season two over the last week or so mm-hmm. and i was kind of reminded during that that like at the end of the last season most of the like most of the grid were out of contract yeah and it's like a really weird scenario to, to have that many drivers up for grabs like in, yeah or, it really is or up for replacement and i think that's maybe why we've seen quite a big shuffle around again even though it's not that long since we last saw ricardo science and you know yeah. like Perez move like people moving around and stuff it's not that long since we last saw it and it must just be that it's the combination of a lot of short contracts obviously came up but then the longer contracts also just seem to coincide with it um so it was pretty interesting yeah yeah but, it really is yeah. and I have a feeling the kind of other half of the grid might do a bit of shuffling end of this year as well because there's still quite a few yeah. contracts that run out to the end of this year hmm. Next on the list is Alpine, 396 laps, uh, 200 of which were done by Alonso, who showed 
absolutely no signs of rust whatsoever, despite the fact he's been away from F1 for two seasons. And he's only recently had surgery and he's driving around with two titanium plates in his jaw, which are going to be there all season. And he just got back in that car like he'd never been away. Like he was, like we talked a week or two ago about how long, if anything, it would take him to catch up to Ocon. And it seems to already be there just in testing, doesn't he? Yeah. It's as predicted. <laughs> yeah. Again, as you said before, if there's one one thing you can say Alonso is maybe better than anyone else at, it's just jumping into anything and being fast in it. Mm. Um they had the eighth fastest lap of testing, which was Alonso at one thirty point three, but that was nearly two seconds slower than their qualifying time in Bahrain last year and I don't think anyone believes they've lost two seconds in the space for a few months so (laughs) very much (laughs) not showing their hand there Um, (laughs) although trouble free running which is not something we can say from a Renault engine from testing for a good few years now I don't think they didn't really have any major problems Um, seemed to have decent long run pace probably in the same ballpark speed wise as Ferrari people seem to think yeah Hmm. I mean that that probably shows more about Ferrari's gains than Alpine, I would say. Yeah. Do you not think? Um, because yeah, I, probably. I feel like the Alpine was good for pace, but lacked some of the cornering control, like yeah. the slow speed stuff. I think it's probably um, more Alpine have probably stayed roughly where they were in yeah. relation to everyone else, and Ferrari have moved forward a bit. Yeah, I think. That's I, I, I think yeah, that's, that's a, an assessment I would go with on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the most notable thing about Alpine, because obviously now we've actually got to see all the real cars and not just the new paint job on last year's car or render, is the chunky old airbox I've got on that thing. Yeah, it's just a blue yeah. whale. It, yeah, <laughs> it is. That is a, a chunky car. Um, it is. It's hench. <laughs> yeah, um, there was kind of rumours of this before that they've like very much rearranged the um, airflow system of their engine and that's why... Um, they claim that the sort of aero losses from it being so chonky are very much made up for and then some elsewhere and that it's it works for them. Um, yeah. But it's it's an interesting looking car. It's, it's nice to have some variation in shape as well because mm. as, as has been proved before, most modern F1 cars, if you take the paint job off them, they're impossible to tell apart. Yeah. But I think you well, definitely spot that one. Yeah, although <laughs> if you have lost two seconds... You might lose two seconds <laughs> if you turn your Formula One car into the shape of a lorry, which is more than top of it. If they have lost two seconds, at. that's probably a good place for them to start looking for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll um, <see>. Yeah. <laughs> Haas did 394 laps. They were the slowest of all, uh, 131.5. Unsurprisingly, I think, given that they admit they've made minimal change from last year um they're over a second slower than the next slowest team which points to a fairly tough year ahead although they did run a few development parts in testing because they are trying a few new things um but it definitely seems to be the case from what they're saying that the car they start qualifying with um on saturday in a couple of weeks time is going to be the car that does the rest of the season yeah they're already they've already gone on record and said we're not interested in developing a car for 2021. We're looking purely yeah. for yeah. the new regulations exactly. at this point. So no surprises there. Just hope they can get through the season. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. Most notable thing for me from Haas is that um, Mick Schumacher on the timing screens, he asked for his abbreviation to be changed from SCH, which he's been using for his uh, like junior career, to MSC, which is what his dad always used. Um, nice. Which he specifically asked for that just because it's kind of, you know, it means a lot to him and it means a lot to everyone else. Like it's a it's a very iconic thing. So seeing that back on the timing tower was uh, was very cool to see. Mm. nice little tribute yeah definitely really cool next were Williams 373 laps they had the 6th fastest time which was George Russell with a 130.1 uh, Williams the only team to use a test driver Roy Nassani did the entire first day which meant both their race drivers only got one day of testing each which doesn't feel like the wisest move to me but there we go I'm sure there are sponsorship contracts yeah that, uh, probably a chunk of change got thrown there i imagine so yeah um both of the race drivers completed over two race distances each though uh again car ran really reliably they seemed happy with the tests they said they've got more development parts to come um for fp1 in a couple of weeks time interestingly george russell said that the new car very much prioritizes maximum downforce which has added speed to the car but also has made it very susceptible to wind which he found out at a very windy bahrain on a number of occasions so mm. sadly i think a lot of their results this season are going to depend on how windy it is weekend to weekend i don't know i don't know about that it was very 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 windy it was Uh, but yeah so maybe he could just be the only driver who said something about it being windy i I really don't think that you know they're all super super affected by the wind yeah but he he did say that that he felt their car was particularly affected but Maybe he's just rubbish yeah. in the wind. Who knows? But not only that, he's just been, you know, remember towards the end of last season, he got a few weekends in an amazing high downforce. That's very true. Mercedes, yeah. that was yeah. absolutely flawless. So, you know, um, I I wouldn't read too much into that myself, but. Time will tell on that one, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Next on the list, uh, Red Bull. Uh, 369 laps which put them 7th out of the 10 teams in terms of laps done uh, fastest lap of the test was Verstappen 128.9 fair to say they probably had the most successful test of anyone um, really reliable running again new Honda engine never seemed to miss a beat across all four cars well actually two cars but both teams it was running in uh, which is super positive given that that Honda engine has been brought forward 12 months um mm, yeah car looked very responsive uh more stable on the rear than last year's car which is um was i think one of their achilles heels particularly when album was concerned uh paris finished <laughs> over a second behind verstappen but that gap's obviously going to come down paris said he thinks it'll take about five races for him to be fully on pace and up to speed with the car Oh, yeah. no, the excuses only, begin now. Yeah, no, not, not only that, a lot of Perez is running. I think all of Perez is running was in the morning, and all of Verstappen's yeah. was in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So better, there is so. a significant difference. Again, that, but, there's, a, yeah. there's a lot more to that second gap than meets the eye. Please, yeah, country of Mexico, a... understand I was bantering. I wasn't being serious. <laughs> <laughs> but Red Rebel looked great. Looked really, really good. The best it's looked in a good few years, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, 
again, it's one of those things that, like, considering that they've brought that engine forward, like you say, it's it's good that it's looked as reliable as it has. Yeah. Because, although, I mean, saying that last season, they didn't necessarily have reliability problems, even though they had issues with the drivers finishing the race. It wasn't necessarily engine issues, was it? So No, but then I, again, I feel like last year they had a lot of engine troubles in testing, which they were able to iron out before the season started. True. And it seems yeah. like this year they've not even had that. It's just an immediate head start not yeah, having to go through really that process, is. isn't it? Yeah. Or it's the way around and they're going to have all the engine issues. <laughs> after a few races. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Red Bull have had a number of years of like really stuttery starts to seasons. So if they can come out of the gates like it looks like they're going to, I mean, obviously, Red Bull and the drivers are very much playing it down and saying that Mercedes are still the ones to beat, but it looks like, from what we've seen, they're going to be much closer, which is obviously exactly what we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next, McLaren, 327 laps, um, which is a fairly low lap count, particularly as they're running a new power unit. You'd think they'd want to get as much running as possible. Um, but the team said, although more running is obviously always nice, they did all the running they needed to to cover all the testing they wanted to do, and they were happy with the test. Um, only the seventh fastest lap time, which is Ricardo, 130.1. But they were very fast at sort of various points throughout testing. I think the fact that their lap time is that low down is more just a case of they weren't doing high-speed runs at the same time as the yeah. team's higher on the list. It, it did look like a quick car when you compared it to the other runs being done like at the same time as their fast laps. Um, again, really reliable. Um, it, seemed, it just seemed a very solid, drivable car. Like Both drivers seemed very happy with it. Uh, most thing of note with McLaren, they obviously did an awful lot of... Um, I was going to say Photoshopping, but that's giving it way too much credit. They did some Microsoft yeah. painting to cover up various elements of their car. We now sort of know why. They found a sort of loophole diffuser that no other team seems to have found. This is interesting. Yeah, so yeah, it it's one of those things that's really difficult to describe. Essentially, so the diffuser made quite a lot small this year to cut back on rear downforce, but they have managed to use there's a kind of central area where it's not restricted which is where kind of the diffuser connects to other parts of the car and they've sort of been able to extend that transition between the floor and the diffuser and turn it into some uh, deeper diffuser fins so they're kind of turning the transition into some extra diffuser which is very much within the rules and they actually said they're very surprised they're the only people that have got it um Unfortunately for them, it's a very obvious thing to see. So other teams will yeah. know what they're doing. Whether other teams will be able to um, replicate the gains they're getting from that is another thing. But or whether they'll want sandbagging to... then, because a diffuser to have a bigger diffuser than everyone else is that that's a huge yeah. down potential huge downforce gain. I mean, only last week I said I was really worried about McLaren and that I thought they were going to be having it was going to be a very much a year of compromise and I ate those words on day one of testing, to be honest. <laughs> I, that that car looks really solid. I think they're going to be, it now looks like they're going to be carrying on where they left off the end of last year. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I think it was last week, that the fact that they were using Microsoft Paint or 
screenshot tools on their phone to black out certain bits of the car. I think that means that they knew they were onto something, but so I think it's a bit of a tongue in cheek. What? Nobody else has thought of this. We're really surprised. I mean, if you'd really thought that everybody else had the same idea, you wouldn't have blacked it out. <laughs> pure and simple yeah i guess but, yeah yeah that's um, true they're, they're all super secretive anyway though aren't they yeah so, exactly yeah. but yeah it's i mean it, i wouldn't even say it's a loophole per se it's just that the rules state that things have to be a certain length from a certain area yeah. so they've they've extended it out as far as possible within the rules to to get that maximum extension it is the gem this. that's like the that's like the shortest most dumbed down explanation I can yeah, think basically. of is they've made one part of the car slightly longer so that the diffuser can hang lower in certain areas, which is not really a loophole. It's just abusing the maximum that's available to them in other areas of the car when it comes to like the measurements and stuff yeah, like that. Totally. Um, so yeah. Yeah, good good signs for them. Yeah, very good. No, no, no. Signs is at Ferrari now. <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, Spe- speaking of which, actually, oh um, what jokes. just happened? What just happened? <laughs> Again, much like Signs, Ricardo seems to have um, bedded into that team very quickly. He seemed extremely happy, which is yeah, very good. Next, Aston Martin, uh, ninth in terms of laps with 314 and ninth in terms of lap time, which was Lance Stroll with a 130.4. A pretty big contrast to testing from last year for them. <laughs> uh, they had poor reliability the whole way through, pretty slow lap times all the way through. They lost tons of time with gearbox and turbo issues, which to be fair to them is all stuff they get from Mercedes, but whether it's the parts failing or the way they've been tracing the cars causing the issues is a different question, I guess. Um, Stroll did have some decent pace at times, so I think that position on the leaderboard is... Well, it's, it's almost certainly not fully reflective of where they are, but it was a they had they had a tough old time of it. Um, mm. Particularly for Vettel, he only managed 117 laps, which is the least of all of the full time drivers, and he was also the slowest of everyone except Roy Nisani. So, a pretty poor start to his Aston Martin career, unfortunately for him. Yeah, um, yeah I, th- I mean, it looks like they've got work to do, but. Uh, it's just lack of laps, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that sort of stands out to me with this one is the fact that uh, although they weren't exactly the same, you've got, like, gearbox issues in a Mercedes uh, powertrain, and then, obviously, the Mercedes team themselves also had a couple of gearbox issues, didn't they? Um, yeah. Like, it's, it's interesting that at this point in time, the Mercedes reliability is actually one of the ones that's a little bit questionable because mm. it's, it, I mean, I do, I'm not saying this is strictly what it is, but it always sort of makes me feel like in the last couple of years, other teams have sort of caught up and finally started pushing them and they finally had to run those power units at like full, full pace, pretty much all season, every, like, you know, all race, every race, all season kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it's starting to take its toll. And the reliability that we, we used to see from the Mercedes power units was possibly help, helped by the fact that they weren't running at 100% all the time. And possibly, yeah. Maybe that's where some of the strain is coming over the last couple of years with those I mean, power units. It could be that the new, the brand new block they've developed for that engine 
has some compatibility issue with the gearbox, yeah. maybe. Yeah, possibly. Um, because obviously, what's the gearbox connected to? The engine block. So yeah, because mm. yeah, the gearbox won't have changed, will it? But the engine block has. That's well, you'd right, expect if they, you'd expect them to make some sort of adjustments to it in order to to marry yeah. the two up. But I guess you, if you're making a new engine block, you're designing your engine block to work to, within a certain set of parameters. Yeah. And if you've only got so many tokens to spend, obviously you're going to keep the fittings of that engine block the same, so that that gearbox, the existing gearbox, fits. And if if there's a load of new materials gone into this thing, there's, there's factors that it would change about the characteristics of the engine block. For instance, the, the it'll vibrate in different ways, and it'll have it'll it could have like a microscopically different or a really almost intangibly different rate of flex to it that yeah. the gearbox doesn't like. So it, it's things like that that you know these unforeseen kind of awkward issues that can come up when you make such a, such a change to such a huge component of the car. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, the one saving grace for Mercedes is that Mercedes engines did more laps than any other engine, but that's only really by virtue of the fact that there are more of them doing laps. Yeah, yeah. Um, just if you average they... that out, I don't think that would um, be the case at all. Yeah, they only did uh, just shy of 100 laps more than Ferrari engine cars and... There's three. There's three Ferrari engine teams and four Mercedes engine teams. Isn't yeah, there? So, so there's two extra, two extra going around track. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not a huge difference. Mm. Um, speaking of Mercedes, uh, bottom of the pile in terms of laps, three hundred and four. They had the fifth fastest lap of anyone, which was Hamilton with a one thirty point zero. Interestingly, they were the only team that didn't use one of their filming days for a shakedown ahead of the test. And they lost most of their first day to a gearbox issue. Yeah. Which obviously had they done said shakedown, they'd probably have come up with that issue before testing started, which seems like a poor mm. bit of planning on their part. It yeah. does, but they could be saving that. You know, remember everyone else has used that bit of testing time. They could be saving this bit of testing time for they later in the season. did it today or tomorrow, I believe. Oh, God. So they... So... <laughs> Yeah, they've they've been out running for their extra day. Yeah, after the test, so there's probably already lots of new parts on that car, and it's probably already going faster. But um, yeah, so once they, well, I mean, once the car did actually run, it looked fairly difficult to drive. Hamilton had a couple mm-hmm. of pretty uncharacteristic spins. Bottas said it was quite snappy and unforgiving. Um, it looked like they had been hurt by the reduction in rear downforce more than anyone else. Whether that is to do with the fact that they are one of the few teams that doesn't go for this high rake um, setup that Red Bull sort of pioneered. Mercedes have always very much gone for the much more flat rake of the car. Um, I mean, they're doing a lot of interesting things with the floor, like the the way the side of the floor and stuff is shaped is like nothing I've ever seen on an F1 car before, but it doesn't seem to be doing what it needs to right now. Yeah. I think like it could be the wind that, that sort of affected some of their running, I think as well. Yeah. Um, It was a pretty, and and Hamilton, Hamilton's uncharacteristic spin that you mentioned, he'd, he, the the preceding lap, he'd gone round at about the entire track at literally about 50 miles an hour, the entire way around. Was that the one where he lit it up in the final corner and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, 
spun and spun it just pirouetted um so i'm not that worried about the spins i'm more i'm just more worried about the lack of running i think that you know Mm. you see on this list the three mercedes teams are all lowest in the number of laps they completed and last year it was that way around for ferrari and look at the season ferrari had yeah exactly it is, you know, I think you'd be daft not to be if you're if you're on Mercedes team and you're not concerned, then goodness, you're confident because yeah, I mean, uh, it is it is slightly concerning for sure. It's it's weird, isn't it, that Williams are actually the um, the Mercedes powered team that did the most yeah. laps, yeah, yeah, and and also not that different in pace from the other Mercedes powered teams. Like they're all sort of low 130s yeah so like i mean the fact they were faster than mclaren only marginally (laughs) but they were faster than mclaren yeah 69 more laps than mercedes williams did which is a race distance isn't it yeah like i I find just little things like that interesting because it's it's one thing for people to look at the mercedes itself and say well that's just them sandbagging. They're doing the minimum, bare minimum they need to to get through. But if you, like Stu saying, if you look down the rest of that grid and think, well, what are the rest of the Mercedes-powered cars doing? Mm. You've got four of the slowest cars overall and the four fewest laps, I think, overall. Yep. So And, and you've got a team that's considered the slowest on the grid outdoing most of the other Merc cars. So I think that speaks... Uh, volumes about the fact that things might not be as comfortable as people think this well, season. I mean, Which the other you... thing is, sorry, Chris, the other thing is Aston Martin this time last year were sitting pretty. Yeah, they were yeah. the quickest second team in testing, and they yeah, exactly. literally, yeah, accessory second fastest last year. This year they are they're nowhere. You know, mm, not, down yeah. in the ninth quickest time by Lance, Lance Stroll. Fair enough, Lance Stroll, but. Um, it's been a bit of a disaster for them, though, hasn't it? Yeah, like I, I just don't. I didn't see that coming, to be honest. I was no, expecting it to. I was expecting this to be a lot different for Aston Martin. I was thinking it was going to be a really good year for them. I was hoping that they'd be somewhere. Well, we said last week we were expecting them to be sort of top of that midfield sort of pack. Mm, yeah, totally. Yeah, maybe fourth, third, fourth kind of area. But yeah. this is just totally unexpected for me. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, remember testing last year, like day one of testing, Mercedes just went out and was straight away, like right on the pace and they just pounded around. Did they something ludicrous like two and a half, three race distances on day one of testing last year while everyone else was still figuring stuff out? And like, that's what we've come to expect from them. Just that like bulletproof, it's just fast and reliable out of the box. And like, this is the interesting thing I read actually. So obviously you can't take a ton of stuff from testing and the the order of lap times is not the order it's going to be. And I've seen a lot of people who have really crunched the numbers who think that Mercedes are still probably the second fastest car out there. But looking back over previous years, so since 2014, Mercedes have only actually been the fastest in testing twice, but they've won the first race five times and in that space, uh, in those years and obviously they've won both championships every year since then but every year since 2014 
no one has done more laps in testing than Mercedes. This is the first yeah. year since 2014 where they've not only not topped the number of laps, they're bottom on number of laps, which mm. is, that's the thing, Yeah, as we said, more than the times, that's the thing that is really, it's just not very Mercedes, is it? It's not what yeah, you no. expect from them. And, and this is the thing, like going back to Aston Martin when they were racing point last season, like they showed what the Mercedes engine was capable of because they were running it like a, a full pace to, to get a feel for what they'd got under the hood. And it, it showed that doesn't it, it showed that Mercedes were holding something back as a team because it was obvious when Racing Point were doing what they were doing. Um, but when you've got the rest of the teams like struggling to a degree, even if it's not necessarily with the power unit itself, even though some of the struggles have been with the power unit, it, I think it just goes to show that it's you can't just always go well. Championship team sandbagging like that's not that's not what it is. Sometimes I think this is a good example of it. And I mean, as evil as it might seem, I kind of hope that there is issues <laughs> and like yeah. the the Red Bulls up there this season, and it gives Ferrari a chance to get a bit of a look in. And I'm wrong about the fact that Ferrari might not be looking at podiums until the end of the season. And I hope I'm wrong about that and that they're winning races a lot sooner because Mercedes have got like a gap to close. Like that'd be it'd just be really interesting to see mm. the tables suddenly turned and see how Mercedes deal with people are quicker than us and we've yeah. got to close a gap. Like we've not seen them under that kind of pressure. Yeah. And I don't think that we will until formula changes but i mean this might be an opportunity to see that i guess well i i think this in you know to go down the list to see to look at this as it as it is right now this sort of teases up for a really really interesting season i think yeah. if, if we were to go into the season and this was going to be the order you know alpha towery top <laughs> <laughs> like having done the most laps i mean then that would make for a really, really interesting start of the season because it's kind of like, it's one of those qualifying, imagine one of those qualifying sessions where something happens and the grid gets shuffled. It's yeah. it's that kind of list, this, to me. I mean, it would be very on-brand for Honda to decide they're leaving F1 and then be very successful, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, and, it, oh, and then God, just storm both championships <laughs> <Yeah>. this season. <laughs> yeah. I mean... And then or- Mercedes buy the F1, the Red Bull team, and make it their junior team. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> That can have a, a Mercedes team and an AMG team then. Um, oh, all, that be, all that being said, though, I'm still reserving judgment until qualifying because yeah. I'm, 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 I'm still going to be surprised if it's not Mercedes on pole position. Well, I think if anyone's going to fix, if anyone's, if any team is capable of fixing these kinds of issues that they've got, it is Mercedes. Exactly. Yeah. You can totally see Mercedes still qualifying first on the grid in Bahrain in a week and a half's time. So, well, a bit more than that, two weeks' time, I guess, when um, when it comes down to it. So I, part of me isn't worried for Mercedes, but I'm kind of like you, Tom. Part of me is like, wouldn't it be great if they started the season on the back foot and they had to play catch-up? And mm, that would give yeah. us a really good sort of, that gives us a fantastic season. Because you're right, I'm, if you're going to bet on anyone to be able to turn a problem like this around, it's going to be Mercedes. But 
if they really do start on the back foot and it takes them a little while to do that and then you're like watching them trying to close that championship gap that'd be fascinating yeah and it's like if you get like two or three races in and they still haven't figured out like what's bugging that car then that could be like championship gone at that Mm. point this year if 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 it is as close as what martin budkowski seems to think it is then mercedes could have a bit of a job on their hands to get to get back on song oh we can dream can't we (laughs) (laughs) We i mean i will be eating my weird word my weird words i mean they are weird they are weird weird. these are weird weird. times we live in weird times um i will be eating my words in in a week or two i'm sure but again we'll we've said it so many times already this episode we're 45 minutes in and we've said we'll see multiple times (laughs) i think we should call this episode we'll see because (laughs) we will see i guess to wrap up testing talk then who would you say are your biggest like winner and loser from testing Mm. what drivers or teams whatever you want the floor is yours oh you're putting me on the spot I mean, it doesn't um, have to be you. <laughs> I, I could. I, I'm happy to have a ramble. Um, I think probably Ferrari. I'd say are the biggest winners mm. because they've looked like they've dug themselves out of the what was pretty a pretty deep hole last year. So I would say right from where I'm sitting right now, I think. Ferrari are probably looking... I think Ferrari could be looking at podiums um, from very, very early on, maybe even race Ooh. wins. You're um, a little more confident in them than me. I'm a, yeah, I'm, much, I'm a bit more... Cause just because look at... If you look at like the Ferrari, the other Ferraris, you know, Alfa Romeo have done a yeah. massive number of laps mm-hmm. and um, it's apparently an all-new engine and that Ferrari have been very confident about. So for for Raikkonen to, to do the fourth quickest time all test... And then for uh, science to do the third quickest time all test and for them to cumulatively between those two Ferrari engine teams chalked up, you know, what, 826 laps between them. That's, that's, a, that's a decent amount. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ferrari for me followed very closely by Red Bull as the biggest winners because, and, and losers, it's, it's Mercedes. It has to be mistake. They've taken a perfectly good car, and <laughs> and they've ruined it. They've made it into a, a box. Or, 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 they've, got, it. or it, they've got too complacent and not done enough. I don't to stay believe ahead. that they would have. I don't believe that they would have got complacent. I believe they might have been overly ambitious and 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 broken something that wasn't broken maybe that didn't need I to be fixed that. i think mm-hmm. that could be there could be some of that going on but yeah, how did you know well we, we said so last few week, laps like how we? are they gonna how, how are they gonna recover that <laughs> we said last week like they they never sit in their laurels like they they always keep pushing forward even when yeah. they are the fastest and we did say at the time like there's always a chance that that's going to come back and bite you and it kind of looks like it might have done for the first time in however many years in living memory (laughs) yeah yeah um and then like as well though like i think if we're if we're sort of summarizing across teams the williams didn't look much slower than the mercedes weirdly so yeah (laughs) that was a crazy point in the thing um the alpine 
I'm a little bit worried about the this beluga whale thing they've got going on. It does seem very strange. It's an aero formula, so to suddenly make yourself a really chunky engine cover is um, uh, what's the word? It's um, well, it's balls to the wall, isn't it? it you, you, yeah, you sort of. Everyone knows aero rules in Formula One, so it seems like a bit of a ambitious philosophy to, uh, to 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 put all your eggs into the engine basket and take most of your eggs out of the aero. But it, it smacks yeah. of that to me, and I just if, don't think that's the way forward in this this era of Formula One right now. If you're the only person in F1 doing something, it either means you've come up with something incredible or you're doing something that's not right and that's why no one else is doing it. And it doesn't feel like it's the former to me. Mm. But it's a gorgeous looking car. Oh, it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it looks, yeah. it looks really just nice. as great on track as what it, as what it does in the And the uh, fact the that the, the race suits are just like predominantly black as well is just like quite old school and it works really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're still the best looking team on the grid, whether it's quick yeah. or not. And, and they've got one of the, the most enigmatic influential drivers in formula one on their side which yeah. is going to do them a hell of a lot of good they've really i think for a few years yeah they had ricardo but ricardo as much as i love ricardo he doesn't have the same sort of gravitas as what for someone like fernando alonso has so um yeah. i think for that team to have like that kind of driver is a different beast alonso mm. to what ricardo is and i think that'll do him a lot of good throughout the season as well i think that's that's a Sort of, it's a good long-term move for them to have him on the team, and going into this new formula, whatever happens this season, Alonso is going to do big things for that team. Yeah, love him or hate him, he's he's an interesting guy to have around. Yeah. And, he's what yeah. they need. He is exactly what he's going to push needs. them, isn't he? He's going to. Yeah, he's not coming back to just drive around in the midfield again. Well, no. I mean, during his time at McLaren, he probably taken the midfield where they were at that point in time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's almost a shame he left McLaren. But then I wonder if he was also part of the problem at McLaren. I think that might that may Yeah, the negativity it, yeah. might not have helped at the time. Yeah. He got into a dark place, didn't he, when he was at McLaren? Yeah. He, he seemed yeah. to sort of, from the outside, he seemed to sort of drag him down a little bit. Whereas here he's coming into the team and it's going to be, it's all, right now it's all smiles and and excitement and ambition and, you know, promise and as long as they can sort as long as they give him a half decent car this year i think he'll, he'll be able to keep up his his happiness as long as he's having decent fights you know somewhere near nearish to maybe even a sniff of the odd podium which mm, they had yeah. last year then you know it, that'll be enough i think to keep him happy for this year if they've made a dog of a car like mercedes look like they've done not to not to drive the dagger in <laughs> um I don't know if he'll have the same happy, smiley attitude going into the season next well, year as what he has this yeah. year. Yeah, well, he's already told them to forget about this year and concentrate on the following year, which I'm sure they're basically doing. So, Yeah, and that'll go out the window as soon as he gets a sniff of a podium. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. No, nah, I don't think it will, actually. I don't think it, I think he, he is a smart enough bloke to think... Of course, he's a smart enough bloke to think long-term. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be back in Formula 1 if the man couldn't think long-term. <laughs> But yeah, I, I really, I'd, I'd love to see this team do. I really want Alpine to do well. But I, I will say that they haven't 
from from doing this today i know i said at the start of the episode that i haven't given i haven't been able to be across um testing as much as i would have liked to have been but from what we've discussed here alp i don't know this is a very limited window of information that i've been that I'm able to glean <laughs> from this <laughs> which is not to do us a disservice but it's just there's a lot to cover so from what i can tell from talking to you guys it looks like alpina may be just n- no movement really like they might <laughs> yeah. get probably they're probably in a similar situation to what they were last year that's the feeling i get and i think overall looking at looking at the list it feels like there could be some shuffling um it feels like no one's really got a real other than red bull maybe red bull but other than that nobody's really got a huge march on everyone else so i think the start of the season could be really 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 close and if they're not going to be developing a crazy amount all season because everyone's focused on on the new aero formula then you know we could be in for a could be in for a bit of a season this year yeah could well be um well, who are your winners and losers guys <laughs> that was a very long answer wasn't it <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> I'll keep mine short and sweet. Sorry, I kind of did everyone's, didn't I, a little bit? Yeah. I mean, for the interest of being different, I'll, I'll say McLaren as my winners just because they very much made me eat my words from last week and they do <laughs> seem to be in really good shape. Losers, I mean, we expected so much more from Aston Martin. They, yeah. they were a real disappointment and whether it was the, actually their fault or not, because it sounds like it was potentially down to the Mercedes elements. Regardless, they've lost so much running time and they've got so much catching up to do now. Yeah. Not a good place for them to start. Shall we move on to some inbox? Yes, let's First, do that. First, shall we tell oh, everyone whoa, oh, about wait, our... Mate, what? Shall we, what? Shall we... Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. what? Shall we just... first tell everyone about our amazing new thing before we do inbox? Oh, I was gonna do that. He, he was going to do it at the end. Oh, I've already got it. If in you there. want to do it now, okay, do it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, do it now. I, you see, now now, now everyone's curious. No, now everyone's curious, so they're going to have to wait to the end. You've planted <laughs> oh, the seed. You've planted okay. the seed. Okay. You've done well, Stu. So many people are just skipping through inbox. Know, so, right? many, so many people are just like, I don't want to hear anyone else's opinion or questions. I'm skipping to the end. Yeah. Please That's don't. literally like everyone. Please every don't. You don't have some good gone. questions this week. <laughs> there are some good questions this week. There are some good ones. Stick with us. that jingle. Stick with us. I'm going to hit that jingle. Keep it saying now. Stay out. Stay out. Hey, man. It sounded like you actually hit it. There was a thud. Yeah, it did. Yeah. There was actual like I did. Thump. It, it was given some force. <laughs> uh, who wants to start us off? Through the button. Uh, shall I start us off? I mean, yeah, if you want to, but beware. It's three rolled into one, Stu, and I know that. Oh God. You don't always and like you reading. You know that I can't read. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, I can do it for you if you don't want to read. <laughs> no, I'm in. I'm in. We're in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's do this. Okay, okay Martin go. Martin Bennett, um, he asks, do Mercedes take pole by a whole second or two at the first race <laughs> of the season? Um, Liam McEwen, how serious do you think the concern is for Mercedes with the car looking a handful and multiple power unit and gearbox issues for Mercedes units? Oh, God. Um, K- 
keep up the good work. Love the podcast. We haven't vetted any of these, by the way, before people just threw a lot of these straight in. And Sam Van Houten, how many kilograms in sandbags is Mercedes carrying, do you think? Or is there some truth to their problems in inverted commas? It seems they do this every year. God, not much faith from Sam Van Houten. It seems they do this every year and how much Red Bull Racing or Ferrari will be a threat. But come race day and lo and behold, Merck won two. Just wondering if we could really see a multi-team title fight this year. What do you reckon, lads? Keep up the good work. Who wants to take that? Well, I mean... Oh, go on. Go on, Chris. I'll let you go. I mean, in terms of sandbagging, you you sandbag pace, you don't sandbag reliability. And it's the reliability yeah. side that is the worry. I... I yeah. Again, much smarter people than me, um, like you know, your Ted Kravitz and your Kroon Chanucks of the world, by their maths, Mercedes are still possibly the second fastest car, and I don't doubt that. It's definitely the reliability side of things that is the concern. Yeah, that I'd agree with that. Um, I think maybe that's why there was so much sand all over the circuit because oh, no. Mercedes the sandbags oh, were leaking. Oh. They were just leaking everywhere. <laughs> oh, the, my the sandbags God. are unreliable. He went no. there. <laughs> I made that joke. Surely I'm not the first person not to have been that blatant. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's just I've been, I haven't had time to look at Twitter all weekend, so I'm yeah. just just mortified, just as mortified <laughs> as probably you were, Tom, when you first read that, <laughs> that joke. <laughs> but yeah, um, con- concern is mainly reliability, I think, for sure. But because I still won't. we all know we all know we all know it's a quick power unit though to a degree like when it works it's just got to work yeah it's got to work we said like in our pre in our testing storylines like one of the storylines was will the Mercedes be be reliable or words to that effect yeah I can't remember mm. the exact wording of it and um, I mean it hasn't been no <laughs> it's just just categorically been a bit <laughs> so yeah. But yeah. I still won't be super surprised if they turn up and lock out the front row. I mean, if there is a team that can get on top of something like that and sort it, it does generally seem to be Mercedes, doesn't yeah. it? On the whole. Um, yeah. Uh, next, we've got Kim Menkem saying, uh, the field seems a lot, uh, a lot tighter this year, but do you think... Uh, sorry, do you expect it to be any different to last season overall, except for Haas being last every race? <laughs> um, I do, yeah. I think that midfield is going to... I do think it's going to be closer than ever. I think... I, I reckon we probably... There's a good chance we'll see podiums from any combination of McLaren, Alpine, Ferrari, Alpha Tauri. I think any of them have got a fairly equal chance of grabbing podiums. Yeah. Especially what we saw last year as well. Like, yeah. Unexpected wins when things didn't go Mercedes' way. Like, mm. it, it wasn't just a Red Bull or a Ferrari picking up the pieces. It was like it has been in the past. It was, there was numerous other teams there or thereabouts to pick up the pieces of a front runner falling apart. The ingredients so, are there to see that happen again, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. I, I think yeah. the ingredients are there for it to happen more because I think that the teams behind the Mercedes and so on are, are going to be able to push 
push them a little bit further and get them into that zone I was kind of talking about before where they're having to run the car at maximum for much longer than they want to in terms of reliability reasons. So I think that the what was the midfield and is now the field, as it was described earlier, yeah. has, has I, a chance to maybe push them a little bit further to that edge. I, I think you're right. I think this this is something that I've said probably long before we were doing this podcast, I've been saying this, and it's every time they change the engine formula, every time they change the formula, the last season before they change the formula is always absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't really think is. of a time when we've not had uh, when the, what was it, twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen when these when the new aero formula came in. Uh, oh no, that was new engine formula was twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was twenty fourteen. But whatever, whatever, twenty seventeen maybe might have been the new aero formula. What? Uh, oh, just date, say eh? whenever it was. But when it, whenever <laughs> it was, the season before was. A, a really, really, really close, really, really good season, um, and anyone could could have gone any way for quite a long time. There were loads of different winners, and I feel like this season's going to be that again. I think we're going to get Potentials it's going to be one of those it? years where we have sort of seven winners in seven races at the start of the year. Oh, imagine! Can you remember when that happened? That, that I think it was 2012. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, it's 11 or 12, I think. Yeah. Even past the yeah. Maldonado won a race, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I, in answer to the question I think it will be different to last season I think other than probably the Haas being last I think the overall feeling from my side is that it's generally has tightened up and that it'll continue to be tight for a, a long way into the season and I think the reason why you get these sort of close grids on these big regulation change years or, or preceding big regulation change years is because they put a lot less development into the car that year because the focus is on the new development rules, the mm. new uh, the new formula. So they're almost it's almost like homologating. Hum- I can't even say that word. Homologating the hmm. the cars in, going into the season in a way, but w- allowing a lot less development, which yeah means that people can put a big update on the car and it, it makes a big difference there to their position in the seat in the in the order which keeps the season really lively because you just never know race to race where everyone's going to be yeah so yeah. i think we're in for one of those this year i really hope crossed. so i really really hope so i do too i do too god knows uh, we need one Next, Katie says, who surprised you most over the weekend? My two would have to be Alonso and Sonoda. They were both up to speed quicker than I expected them to be. Lewis surprised me also in that I didn't expect him to look so uncomfortable in the car. It's going to be a fun season. Hmm. Who surprised me the most? Hmm. I think it's Sonoda. Like, in just... A, how quickly he seemed to get to grips with everything, but also just like... can't remember which one of you said it earlier but one of you said like just how open he actually was and and it, gen- it genuinely seemed like excited to be there as well yeah. like you could tell it was a big thing for him and I, I do like it when you've got a driver that is clearly enjoying it that much um, he's got that hunger as well he, yeah there's a really exactly. clear hunger there and it's yeah you, you had it's still the same with sort of um Norris and Russell as well, these sort of newer, younger drivers tend to be a lot more open with their thoughts and feelings on yeah. things, which is, it's, it's really nice to see. Mm. Yeah. 
Oh, it's my turn, isn't it? Mm. You. Uh, oh, God, where even are we? <laughs> uh, you did Katie O'Brien, didn't you, just now? Yep. Um, Callum Hall says, what did you think of Alpine's chonky new son? Seems <laughs> counterintuitive to move more mass higher up. Does. Yeah. Yeah, can't disagree. Yeah, even even from an that's another aspect to it, isn't it? Like I think we've really talked about an aero aspect, but there is that as well as a weight distribution thought to be had, isn't there? Yes. I'd, I would go further and say it is counterintuitive. <laughs> Doesn't seem counterintuitive. It yeah, is. we didn't really mention the weight thing, did we? But like, no. that's got to affect don't know the way I mean, suspension could... set up. If that, I, I don't know. I don't know if it is weight though. It could be. It could just be that they change the shape of the plenum that goes where the air is mm. collected and it goes into the engine. They might need like a higher or a lower pressure. They might have had to widen that to lower the pressure inside the plenum to give to give the engine. I don't know, a different pressure of air. Like it could be something like that. Like there's there's all kinds of reasons why that, that area could be, it could be hollow inside. It doesn't necessarily mean there's loads and loads of weight up there. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. Hopefully yeah. we'll get a sneaky little spy shot in, or, or maybe the engine cover will just like fall off like um, Perez he's did remember. over the weekend <laughs> to have a, yeah, yeah. a good old look inside <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it could, it, you know what? It could be an aero thing that they found a way of making the aero, the air behave a certain way by having that also possible. Box. Yeah, and like just, by talking about it as a system. compromise, but it's actually yeah. not. Yeah, it could be cooling yeah. as well. Yeah. There's a bunch of things it could be. But I, but I, I, I think was... the very the very last thing it would be, I, 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 I do expect that area to be not very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> have the... Um... Have the side pods changed this season? I can't remember if that's regulation-wise. They haven't, but most right. teams have done a lot of slimming down to help the airflow. Yeah, and I know there was talk of it because yeah. of the way that the barge boards are now. But and and obviously it will change with the complete aero formula change. But yeah. I wasn't sure if anything had been forced upon the teams this year. I don't believe so. Yeah, so it's not it's not a way around that then. Interesting. It's um, interesting. It, it'll it'll. I think it will become more clear why they've done it over the season, but yeah, it's right now. It's obviously it's a brand new car. It's very hard to tell. Um, I'm sure Ted Kravitz and the boys will take plenty of photos and talk <laughs> about it. Yeah, at length, 100%. and we'll all get up to speed eventually. Uh, moving on to the next thing, Gridfinder say, will Mercedes be head of the midfield? <laughs> Are Aston Martin sandbagging more than other teams? Should I place a bet on Verstappen to win the championship this year? <laughs> what? I don't think that's a bad bet. I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't be betting anything. Because if... I think it's too difficult right now. I won't be putting any money anywhere. Now's the time to do it though, before the first race. That's true, yeah. And Checo's actually got some decent odds I was looking the other day, but really? we're not a gambling podcast. So <laughs> Yeah, gamble away. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Verstappen's been talking it down, but he's got to be rubbing his hands together here. Like, if Mercedes yeah. have got this wrong, this has got to be his year. Yeah, I mean, Verstappen rubs his hands together when he puts soft tires on, though. Like, <laughs> he's, he's got such a trap on him. Like, it, it's overtake o'clock. Yeah, literally. Like. I, <laughs> I wouldn't read too much into anything Verstappen says because he thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread. And we've just lost about a million. 
I mean, followers. I mean, we've lo- we're, yeah, we've lost all of the Netherlands now. Thanks. To, to be fair, hopefully they hopefully they all stop listening when we got to the end of the testing bit. <laughs> to, to be fair, he is extremely good. He is. Re- I mean, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. But my God, don't he know it? <laughs> That's all I say. Uh, next, Wesley Paul says. Mercedes dials in car. Lewis struggles to maintain peak form. Fails to win championship. Who does? Ooh, Verstappen for me. I think (laughs) George Russell. I guess that question kind of is like, if if Bottas gets his head around the Mercedes and Hamilton doesn't, yeah, will Bottas be able to beat Verstappen to the championship? Is how I'm reading that question. And speaking, um, as my a, gut reaction was no, basically. Because yeah, I just went Verstappen. <laughs> well, speaking as a um, as a Bottas fan, I've openly missed that many times. Uh, the answer is probably Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> Still, uh, I'm going to go Carlos Sainz. Why not? Ooh, oh, that'd be curveball. That, that, I mean, that <laughs> nah, that would know. that would drive. Any Charles Leclerc fan oh, insane, yeah, and maybe even a lot of Ferrari fans like that'd be like nose cutting the nose to spite the face. Is like I hate that science has won a title. You can just imagine that. I think I there's think. probably a few people inside Ferrari people. who wouldn't be best pleased about that. You know either, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to trigger a load more people, another oh, no. another subset of Formula One fans, that Uh-oh. and and say I would absolutely love it. If Carlos Saint Science goes into that team and wipes the floor, <laughs> Charles Leclerc. Just Goodbye, to just to rile up all the France, Ferrari fans, Monaco, Ferrari, <laughs> Italy, just the whole lot. We've all just, gone. We've just lost Hem- so much still. We're hemorrhaging fans right before we're about to announce fans, our new patron, which is really <laughs> 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 oh, God. I'm sorry, sorry, and nobody listened to them ever again. <laughs> is it me again? It is you yeah. again. Oh God, God, so many. Um. Okay, uh, Lou Colella says, Merck engines had to left seventh gear this weekend, <laughs> if at all. Is it a sign that they're holding the units back or are there cooling issues on the horizon again? Should should have taken <laughs> Alpine's chonky boy intake <laughs> if that's the case. Has someone been saying chonky on Twitter, Chris, a lot? Uh, I mean, it's just a good word. It is a I, good word. I mean, uh, Chris, you, Chris, when I first met Chris's dog, Chris <laughs> described his dog as chonky. He was, he was a very chonky boy when we first is got he still, him. Is he still chonky or is he... Uh, no, he's, he's slimmed he... down quite a bit now. Has he? Yeah. I've not seen him for a few he's weeks. He's been on a so diet. Chris that. does like to use um, the like boy pronoun or whatever you'd want to call it as a descriptor for like inanimate for objects. For most so things. He's like... Oh, that's a chunky boy. Oh, that's a quick boy. Oh, that's a slow boy. Like it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's like a it's boy. a something boy. I blame um <laughs> I blame my brother, my brother, and me for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's a good point, actually. I, I forgot about that. They were literally not going out of seventh gear a lot of the time through testing. They were they even to the end of the main straight, they were staying in seventh gear and not going up to eighth for some reason. Which was a little odd. Mm. Probably Maybe they mashed up eighth when they gnashed the gearboxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't do eighth. We don't trust eighth. Yeah. Well, it could, honestly, it could be something as simple as like the synchro of that gear. Well, yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Was, was imagine, imagine, though, imagine if it turns out the chonky boy intake is actually like 
the secret to unlocking performance and everyone <laughs> desperately like oh tries God, to make yeah. massive engine covers. Yeah, all this all these years we've had nothing but Coke bottle zone, Coke bottle zone, Coke bottle zone, and actually it's beluga zone that yeah. we should all be talking about. We don't need Coke bottles, we need big uh big two litre Coke bottles. <laughs> anyway. Uh that'll do us for inbox, I think. Um which brings us on to, as we've already mentioned several times, uh, we have officially launched this week the Back of the Grid uh, Patreon. Uh, for those of you, I guess, who don't know what Patreon is, it's a place where um, you can join us, chuck us uh, a few dollars a month to uh, help keep the lights on. And in return, there's a whole host of stuff that you will get from us. Um, everybody that joins will get access to our Discord, which is uh, where... You can chat to us and other Patreon people. And we'll also, um, at least one of us will be around for qualifying and race day. So you can sort of live chat to us uh, during yeah. sessions. Um, even me sometimes. Even I'm not Stu. Doing every, even I'm not doing sometimes. every race this year. So I might actually get to see some races. Which Stu, will be nice. available at a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at, mostly at music festivals, if I'm honest. <laughs> Uh, we're also going to be throwing sort of behind the scenes stuff up on there. Um, we've got a couple of little mini series in the works that are going to be going sort of timed exclusive on Patreon as well. Uh, one of which I've not actually spoke to you about yet, Stu. I need to run that idea by you. We'll do that afterwards. <laughs> Great. Um, just, just commit to it. Just tell the, the entire audience just, about it. Uh, just, so you know, just so you know, Stu, we need some artwork doing for something as well. Me and Chris talked oh, about this. Great. But... <laughs> well, looks like I'm going to be busy for the next life. So you know those oh, weekends right. off that you thought you had? Yeah. Nuh-uh, Patreon. Yeah, maybe I won't be on the Discord. Maybe I'll be sat at a computer desk designing things like the rest of my life. For all you lovely Patreons. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you want to take a look, you can head to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid and you can see all the stuff that's on offer. Even if you can only afford to chuck us a couple of dollars a month, that would be very much appreciated. It'd be great to have you on board and yeah, help us keep doing what we're doing and keep growing the show. Yeah, get on the get on the old back of the grid horse. Yes. Join <laughs> sure. us. There's, there's loads of <laughs> is room. That a horse? Is that a horse that you want to get on? <laughs> I think so. It's a wild one. It's a wild ride. <laughs> uh, we will also throw a link to our Patreon up on our various social media things, which are Back of the Grid F1 on Twitter, and just look for Back of the Grid on Facebook and Instagram, where you can find us, or backofthegrid.com, um, where there'll also be links to that. And you can also uh, get ready for the Prediction League, which we will be launching for the new season next week, which will, believe it or not, next week will be our first race preview of the season it's here already madness so as always thank you everyone for joining us and we will be back in a week's time so until then goodbye goodbye bye everyone